Good morning. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew's Gospel. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 5, starting to read at verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now God allowed his blessing to that reading of his word. Before we look at it, let's just pray together. Our Father, we do thank you again for the privilege we have to gather in this way around your word. And we just ask that you will speak to us through these words that you have to say and that we will listen and respond to them. As we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, first of all, I just want to quote a couple of verses from Hebrews. Hebrews 1 verse uh, 1. And this is what we read. And we looked at this last week. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. See, over the past few weeks, we've seen the evidence of prophecy that has been fulfilled. And then in verse 2 of that same passage of Hebrews, we read, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. So in these last days, these are the words of Jesus, the last days are the days that his disciples were living in. And these last days are the days that his followers were to live in. These last days are the days that we are living in. And all that has been said, or has been needed to be said, has been said. But who is it who has spoken? Well, the Son has spoken. That is Jesus. Who is he speaking to? Well, he's speaking to you and me, speaking to us. And on whose authority is he speaking? He speaks on God's authority. So with that in mind this morning, let's hear what Jesus has to say to us from Matthew's Gospel. As he spoke to those gathered with him on the mountainside. And that's from the passage we've just read, 5 verse 1 through to 12. And this passage is part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now the truth is that this sermon would have taken place over a number of days. And this was as people came from the towns and the villages all around the area of Capernaum. And they came specifically to hear Jesus speak. And in verse 1 of Matthew 5, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him. So what are we here? Well, first of all, we've got this, this mountain. It's actually a prominent hill. It's not like Mount Snowdon in Wales. But if you go on Google Earth and you go to the area of Companion and look at the map, you can see the type of hills it would have been. Probably grassy hills, raised places. Secondly, Jesus sat down. Now, this is the recognised assumed position of a rabbi. 
a, a teacher indicating that he is ready to teach. And thirdly, his disciples came to him. And then in verse 2, we read, And he began to teach them. Now, in order to understand this passage correctly, we have to stop for a moment and consider one or two things before we continue on into what is called the Beatitudes. So, who is Jesus speaking to? Well, we've already seen that. He's speaking to his disciples, but who are they? In distinction from the rest of the crowd, well, they are the ones who had a true desire to learn from what Jesus had to say. So Jesus is not preaching here to the crowd. Here he is teaching his followers. Now, they would have quite naturally been quite impressed by what was going on here, seeing such a great crowd coming to hear Jesus, and they would have felt privileged to be on first-name terms, maybe with Jesus himself and with other close followers, and they would have been proud of being part of that inner group. And they had a lot to learn, a lot to learn about the attitude that they had towards these different things. But what are they going to learn? Well, they're going to learn what it means to be a true follower, not how to become a true follower, but for them to know who they will be when they are a true follower of Jesus. Now, it's worth repeating that, uh, repeating that because this is what this passage is about. It's not about how to become a true follower. It's not how to be a true follower. What it means to be a true follower, not, let me just repeat that again, what it means to be a new a true follower, not how to become a true follower, but for them to know who they will be when they are a true follower of Jesus. You see, they will be the ones who will be made righteous, and that will happen when they become a new person in Christ. This is what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, when he said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, the new is here. And Jesus will tell them what it means to be blessed. Now again, we can refer to all the verses that help us understand this, like what Paul said in Romans 4. I'm just going to read verse 7 and 8 from that passage, because he said, Blessed are those, you see, he's talking about those who are blessed. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. And what will they be blessed with? Well, again, we can read that in Ephesians 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You see, every spiritual blessing in Christ, these are spiritual blessings, they're not worldly blessings. So we come to this section that's titled the Beatitudes. This word comes from the Latin, the Latin word beatus, 
and I understand that it means happy. And the word Beatitudes is a reference to an inner God-given peace and joy. A peace and joy that shapes the attitude of the Christians as they live their everyday lives in what is a sinful world. An attitude that can only come from God, the one who is blessing them. And the blessings that the Christian has is the blessing of being seen by God as one who has been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And it's by this God-given righteousness that we are accepted into the kingdom of heaven. That phrase is important. Accepted into the kingdom of heaven. We see it here in this passage. So a righteousness that surpasses all self-gain righteousness. Think about this in the light of the words that Jesus will use in this passage, chapter 5, and it's in verse 20. And these words will help us to understand what this passage really means. So verse 20 of Matthew 5. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now this is a righteousness that cannot be earned. It is a righteousness that is graciously given by God, given in the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus. You see, these are not blessings given to people because they show these qualities that are listed. These are the qualities displayed by those who have had their sins forgiven. Sins that have been covered by the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. This being the reason that they are blessed. These are things we need to understand. Just as Paul said in what he we referred to earlier, <clears throat> Romans 4, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. They will be the ones who are poor in spirit. Those who mourn, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted. They are those who have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb of God. This will be their attitude in life. An attitude towards themselves, towards sin, towards the Lord, towards the world, and towards the law. And this is how they will live. This is how the righteousness of God will be seen in them. And this is how the world will see them. So these words of Jesus, if you look at them in this chapter, you'll see that they are bracketed. They're bracketed in this way. Verse 5, we read, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 10, again we read, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 11 and 12, Jesus says, Your reward is in 
heaven. So, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At the beginning, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, when we come down to verse 10. And your reward is in heaven. Verses 11 and 12. So there's no doubt here that Jesus is speaking these words to those who are or who will be believers and it is believers who need to hear these words <clears throat> now also those who don't believe need to hear them as well but they are aimed at those who are believers so come with me as we take a look at what is called the beatitudes so chapter 5 the second part of verse 2 we read he said and then it goes on in verse 3 he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven this is how the believer will see themselves in relation to how they see God and how they understand how God sees them. Now, now this is not being poor in a financial way. That's not what is being said here. But this is being poor in a spiritual way, becoming poor. This is about being humble. It's not a false humility, but a genuine humbleness in the presence of Jesus. You might remember that this is how Peter felt when he was in the boat and he saw that great catch of fish. It was miraculous and he knew then and began to understand who Jesus really was and the difference that there was between him and who Jesus is. And this is found in Luke 5 verse 8. And this is when Peter began to realize who Jesus really was. This is what we read. When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And this is how we come to Jesus as poor, guilty sinners, penitent sinners in need of forgiveness. And when we do this, we will be blessed. So we go on to verse 4 of Matthew 5. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Right, again, we need to think about this, because immediately we think of mourning as being an expression of sorrow, usually the result of a death of a loved one. But in this context, this is an expression of sorrow, sorrow and mourning for the sin that we have in our own lives. And a sorrow for the sin that we see throughout the world, being sorrowful for the state of the world, a world in which, sadly, many, many will rejoice in sin. But this is being sorrowful for sin. You know, there's a good verse in Psalm 51, verse 17, and it says this, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Those who mourn because of sin, well, they can know the value of the joy of forgiveness. <clears throat> so let's move on to verse 5, where it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. <clears throat> you know, meekness comes through strength. It's not about weakness. Meekness, meekness needs patience. Meekness is to resist retaliation. Meekness is to know how to show compassion. 
you know, we go into the Old Testament, we read something about Moses that maybe you haven't realised, but it said this in chapter 12 of Numbers, and it's verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Well, that might sound a bit strange because we can see how, how, how powerful Moses was. But his meekness meant that his strength was not in his own strength. It was in the Lord. And you know, we can come to Jesus and we can read in Matthew 11, verse 29, where Jesus said, take my yoke up on you and learn from me. And this is what he said about himself. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You see, we need to have a heart like his so that we can be strong in his strength. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Well, this is saying that we, if we are Christians, we are to endeavor to be like Jesus. You know, this is what the writer to the Hebrews says, is he quotes from what the psalmist said about Jesus, and that's in Psalm 45, verse 7. But the writer to the Hebrews quotes this in Hebrews 1, verse 9, when he said, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. This is speaking about Jesus. These are qualifiers that identify Jesus. And these are are qualities that should identify the believer, qualities that will go on to encourage others. Listen to what Paul said to the believers of Thessalonica. You find this in 1 Thessalonians 1, and it's just a few verses. I'm going to read verse 4 through to 7, just to get the context of what's being said here. And this is what Paul said. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And then he said this, you know how we lived among you for your sake. And he goes on, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit, and to you, and so you, became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So, that's a few verses there, and what I want to take from it is this. Know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord and you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia. So blessed are those who are hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That is, to endeavor to want to be like Jesus. So we come to Matthew verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is to show the compassion for others that Jesus has shown for us. Titus 3 verse 5, he saved us. Now get this, not because of righteous things that we had done, 
but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the merciful. You know, let's just think of those words again, that Jesus saved us, not because of what we did, not because of the righteous things that we have done, no matter how good they were, but because of his mercy, for the love that he has for you and I. Then we come to verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, this this is the opposite to an outward show of religion. You know, the people that Jesus is speaking to here, to his disciples, they would have seen the Pharisees. They would have seen how they react. They would have seen the hypocrisy that they showed. It was all about outward things. They wanted people to see them. They wanted people to uh, see that they appeared to be religious. <clears throat> but, you know, inwardly, they, they they had no change of heart. And this is about a change of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This takes us to 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And this is when Samuel went to um, anoint the next king. And he, he Jesse's sons were brought before him. And they all looked the part. But there was one who had a heart that was the heart for God. And this is what we read there. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected them. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <clears throat> Let's move on to verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It's something we need at the moment, isn't it? Peacemakers. But, you know, this is not really talking about those who will go and um, try and bring peace between man and man. There's an inner peace. There's another peace. There's a deeper peace that needs to be seen. And when that inner peace, that deeper peace is seen, then more peace will come. But blessed are the peacemakers. These are those who make the effort to show people how to love one another as God has loved them. That's the important thing. And, and we see this in John's Gospel, John 13, verse 34 and 35, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, love one another, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, and you love one another. This is the peace that the world needs. The peace that only God can give. You know, the Beatitudes are not the merits required to secure righteousness. They are the identifying marks that are in a believer's life. Let's go to verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, there's that phrase again. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, from what we've seen, we know that these, that Jesus is speaking about, they are the poor in spirit, 
They're the ones that mourn. They are meek. They are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They are merciful. They are pure in heart. And they seek to bring peace between man and God. They are also those who will be laughed at, rejected, and persecuted because of their attitude towards themselves, their attitude towards sin, their attitude towards the Lord, the attitude towards the law. And they will be at odds with the attitude that the world has towards these things. So we come to the final two verses of our passage this morning, verse 11 to 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, these words that we can look at now, and these Theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will be shown mercy. They will see God. They will be called children of God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And they will rejoice and be glad because great is their reward in heaven. Not because of what they've done, but because... They have accepted what God has done for them. You see, the Beatitudes are not a path to salvation, but they are the results of salvation. So maybe you've not looked at this passage in this light before, but this is what it's saying. And we can learn from it. And you know, if we are Christians, then this is how we are blessed. We are blessed by having the ability to do these things that we've just read about. But if we don't know Jesus as our Savior, well, we can know these things if we put our trust in him. So let's finish by just listening again to the words of Jesus. Words that I quote many times and you will have heard before. It's John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the question is, where were you this morning? Are you inside or are you outside of the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven that is at hand. You know, you can't gain your entrance by doing these things that we've just mentioned. But you know, when you put your trust in Jesus, you become part of God's kingdom. And this is how your lives will show that you are, because these are the things which will demonstrate that fact to others. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you again for the fact that we can gather around your word. We thank you for this passage, a passage that we probably know quite well, but maybe haven't fully understood before. But our Father, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will teach us through it. And that we, if we know you, will go away rejoicing. And if we don't, that we might examine ourselves, examine our hearts, 
and that we might come to you in true repentance, accept the gift that you give, and that we too will be blessed in the way that we've read about these blessings. Blessings that will become ours, because it's God who gives them to us. And we ask these things again in the name of Jesus. Amen.